0: Welcome back to the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Our names are Rochelle and Carter. Hello. We get to talk about God.
1: I want to talk about a quinceañera. You want
0: to talk? Well, I was I was ready for the profound things, and then I know what you're going to bring up.
1: You don't think a quinceañera for a 15 year old girl is a profound
0: thing in her? That's not becoming what becoming
1: a woman life.
0: Do not do this to me because I know what you're about to bring up. <laughs> it's a quinceañera for what? A puppy. Uh, it was uh, for a dog.
1: It was for a 15 year old little girl named Lil Bit, <laughs> a Chihuahua, and they made a quinceañera. And I am only bringing this up because it, you know, we talk often about the passage about Judge not lest you be judged with this. This basically, it's talking about hypocritical judgment, right?
0: Don't judge somebody when you have a log in your own eye.
1: When you have that issue yourself. Uh huh. Yeah. And it is about helping the other. It's not about. Oh, you're going to get yours and like holding that over on somebody mm-hmm. or wherever the many places we can go when it comes to judgment. Yeah. It's about I truly want to be of benefit to help, but how else can I do that? Well, by removing the the plank that's in my eye. So that I see clearly. And then I can help you with the speck that's in yours. Help you see. But I uh, I was reminded about this hypocritical judging that I can be prone towards when I saw this story about little bit because I was thinking this is a bit extreme. <laughs> This is taking it to a place like there are still children starving. Right?
0: So what you're saying is you're going to help them with their log and you're going to try to get the speck out of yours. But
1: this is where we see it's all relative, right? I don't know their story. They may be people that like give to an organization that sure. help children. So, you know, I don't know their story. And there's that. But there's also like my friend asked me, well, what do you do to pamper your dogs? And then I started going. Oh, peeling back the layers of pampering. What do you do? I mean, my dog does wear pajamas. (laughs) Thor has it. Well, and and there's a reason. There's a reason because he does have a drooling issue because he has a broken jaw. So he has to wear a bib and pajamas. And to make his food soft, you put goat milk in it.
0: You have to go to Whole
1: Foods for that? No. They, they do sell it at Walmart, but we do pay quite a bit of money for that goat milk. I mean, he drinks better milk than I do, and yeah. I'm pretty sure that their food has less crude fat than my food, yeah, right? Yeah, But I started going, okay, so I see how others might look at me and go, what's... I mean, you're laughing right now. You're like, okay.
0: I know. I That's have never much. done anything like that. I The only thing I did once, I got my dog a first-class ticket uh, to his dog destination vacation. <laughs> Besides that, I would never do anything. Like, no, I'm just kidding.
1: We did hear from one of the listeners to our radio show who she shared, I am a flight attendant and I don't have any pets myself. But while flying from the States to Paris, there was this couple we met that they fly with their dog every year on its birthday, little Yorkie terrier to a new destination. And they were going to Paris for their dog's birthday.
0: And it wasn't Paris, Texas. <laughs> it was Paris, France. No, I, it is interesting though. Cause the whole relative thing always kind of bugs me. Cause I just, I want there to be black and white, but there are issues in life that just aren't. I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't sit here and say like, well, for some people, I guess murder's okay. Like, like, no, no. no. like there's like, there are things that are, but, um, there are a lot of like sillier things that are just well, like, yeah, you know, whatever. I think whatever. some
1: are absolute, right? Like, do not murder. It's yeah. one of the Ten Commandments, but right. when it comes to, the Bible doesn't necessarily address, can I give dog my t- dog a quinceañera? <laughs> you're going to have to take that one to the Lord and say, all right, God, I need your perspective on this. That's good. Uh, Because there isn't necessarily an eternal one per se. Anyway, so I thought that was kind of funny. But um, something else that kind of came up in my quiet life recently, I was really challenged in making sure not only for myself, but for my children, that they do not put even the Bible itself... On a pedestal when God is the only. Uh, entity, if you will. Mm -hmm. The only person that should be put on that pedestal. My interpretation of Scripture, others' interpretation of Scripture, certain books that have been written, certain sermons I've heard, The Chosen. um, It's like, here's this incredible show that I really do think is drawing people towards. I want to crack open my Bible and read. And I was watching this video. It's called Christianity Commons. You can subscribe to it. And I've only watched a couple of this guy's videos, but his encouragement was we have become, since the founding of the Telegraph, a people that is okay with maybe holding things at arm's length as opposed to getting into the weeds. So, like, it used to be when you read about something, you wouldn't just be given a blurb from a Telegraph. Oh, sure. It was... Uh, and maybe that's not even what his point was, but that's kind of where I took it. It's like, okay, the telegraph, you only needed so many words to convey the message and you could kind of hold the whole situation at arm's length as you shared it, as opposed to, hey, I'm going to do this interview and I'm really going to find out what's going on. You know, I'm going to discover what happened in this community. No, there was a storm, dot, 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 da. much damage, right? Mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. opposed to now I'm going to read a book about what happened in Galveston at the turn of the century, you know? Yeah. Um, and his point being, we are a, a people that likes to be entertained. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Jesus himself told stories to capture an audience and he used relevant relatable things around him to engage them so that they could, oh, oh get on board with truth. So I don't think there's anything wrong with using imagery, but we are so surrounded by it, so easily distracted by it to this guy's point. And making sure that I'm still opening God's word to read for myself and not even listen to somebody else's uh, reading of scripture. Even though I think audio Bibles are amazing. His thought was people can um, infer from the scriptures that they've heard being read their own emphasis if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so instead of the Holy Spirit, maybe being able to teach me one-on-one through the Bible, not that he can't use these other tools, not saying that at all, he does. If he can use a donkey for crying out loud to speak to his prophet Balaam, Mm -hmm. he can use anything. But he wants that one-on-one. It's like if my husband had a friend that told me about my husband, Sure. How would I ever get to really know my husband? Hey, so do you think my husband, Sammy, would really like this? And I'm talking to a really good friend of my husband's. Oh, I think he might like this. Or I could go straight to the source. Right, right. Now that friend of Sammy's might have some insight on that relationship that would be unique. And like, ooh, that's interesting. I never thought about that before.
0: I I think there's there's something interesting here. Because I know what you're talking about is reading the Bible for yourself. Yeah. But um, I think that's why what I've preferred over the past few years of even from teaching from a person mm-hmm. from a pastor sure is more instead of the topical stuff it's actually just going through a book of the Bible. Yeah. Because, because even here's, a, here's just another level of it, of when people, you know, your, your pastor does a sermon series about money. Well, if your pastor really does know the word and, and it's somebody you can trust, and actually that's kind of what I'm talking about today is, is about who your leader, your spiritual leader might be. Um, well, you know, if you can trust him, then you can, you can trust him pretty well and all that. And, and then obviously read for yourself. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that's where it can get, you know, a little biased, Mm -hmm. Is when you start doing this series on money, this series on, and and then you're just picking and choosing little verses to go along with it Mm -hmm. instead of like what we've done in our Sunday school class. We went through the whole book of Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's a rough one. Um, what?
1: But I like to see you.
0: It was, I, I was talking to another guy that taught uh, okay. the, the, uh, recently. He taught a couple of the like lessons. If you're talking
1: about the measuring out of all the rooms in the temple, I get it.
0: Just like, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think as a teacher, you're like, I got to get these people to pay attention somehow. Oh, what am I going to do? And so, but, but it was, but it was, I told them though, it was really beneficial for me because that's not one I really go read. I mean, yeah. I really, I don't really go read Ezekiel and to actually like work through it and study it and go, here's, and here's why it's relevant to, sure. here's where it pairs up with another book or, you know, foretelling the future mm-hmm. or whatever. And, um, and so I, I, just think there's merit in, in, and in, in, you know, Maybe this only helps if you're deciding on a church and you've gone the two. And one of them is that kind of series where, where they do money and stuff, which again, can be fine. But I think there's merit in just walking through a book of a Bible, uh, any book of the Bible and studying too. it for what it is.
1: You know, it also, I've discovered that I want to, if I go and am learning from somebody who is teaching, is always in that state of, learning more and actively sharing with you. I'm always learning more. And there was this effect that I was introduced to. Listen, if you're a learned individual, if you were an educated person, if you're like Carter, it went to that theological library.
0: Yes, I did with my corn cob pipe. That yes. prestigious <laughs> yes. corn <cob> pipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Corn <cob> pipe. <laughs> and his yes. button nose and two eyes made out of ball. <laughs> uh,
1: I heard about the Dunning-Kruger effect for the first time. Now, I have said this often about scripture, the more, or even referencing my relationship with God, the more I know about him, the, the more I realize the less I know. And that's essentially what that effect is talking about. Specifically, when I read it from a website, the Dunning-Kruger effect occurs when a person's lack of knowledge and skills in a certain area cause them to overestimate their own competence. So basically... The smarter you think you are, probably the dumber you are <laughs> when it comes to a certain subject. Mm. But you've skimmed the surface on this subject. So now I know everything there is to know about chess. I played one game and I won against that five-year-old kid. Now I'm an expert, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What a pathetic loser. <laughs> you beat a five-year-old, you thought no, that? Think
1: about yeah. that. If I'm being honest, like even last, last podcast, we were talking about um. Uh, doing redactions and, and uh, taking back things. Right. And I was talking about in Revelation and Laodicea. I'm never going to remember. Laodicea. That. Laodicea. That's how others pronounce it. We will find out in heaven if anybody said anything correctly.
0: Right? Could, <laughs> could you imagine like you go to one of the people from Laodicea and you go, tell me about the rich history yeah. of Laodicea. And they go, Laodicea? Yeah, Laodicea, which is I think what I called it like. They sound like Tomator from Cars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would make me so happy. That it, be funny. So, uh, you know, I I know I have browsed over subjects before and I get really excited. And then I say with confidence... Something Because I've read about it. I've maybe, quote, skimmed that surface. I had that chess match with that five-year-old and I won. So I'm confident. But then I come across another article or more information and I realize, oh, so I, I just learned this in addition to what I thought was the end. And there was more actually to be discovered. And we are going to just, like we talked about last week, we're going to discover that there are things along the way when we are reading the scripture that we are to, quote, hold loosely because things are ever being discovered archaeologically. Now, with, when it comes to our faith in Christ, always coming back to the cross of Christ, that's one thing I know I will never budge on, that he died, that he rose from the dead, and that he lives again so that I can too through him and what he did for us on the cross. That's like one of those you don't touch. Um, I believe that God created the universe. I believe that um, there is one God and he has three parts. You know, there are certain things that you just believe. But the other stuff is you even brought up Jonah last week. It's one of those things that it's not that I don't believe Jonah was a prophet. And it's not that I don't believe that he had an encounter on a boat that sent him back to where God asked him to go to Nineveh. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't believe that he didn't get swallowed by a fish. Could that have happened? Absolutely. God parted the Red Sea. Could he not have a fish swallow him? Yeah, man? Right. But if we discover later that that was a symbolic expression to a narrative, as opposed to an actual literal event, that is not going to sway my faith.
0: You know, another one you brought up recently or um, a, a book you brought up recently, but it, it's an example we didn't mention in the same vein. There's some scholars that believe Esther is purely mm. an analogy. Yeah. It, and and that's, uh, it, there's certain reasons and you get to the technical and you're like, oh, well, I didn't know all of yes. these things behind the scenes. Yes. But it's just about holding it loosely and going, the only thing that would wreck me is if Jesus didn't rise again.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's so important because the tighter we hold on to things And when you say wreck me, I will never forget watching a movie when I was a child and it was about evolution and a pastor, I believe, was being put on the stand in a courtroom. And this was, I I think, this might have had actual, some base. like I said, I saw this when I was a kid. This may have been a movie that was about what took place when Darwin's theory was coming.
0: Did he stand up and yell, God's not dead? (laughs)
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: It was something like that.
1: But here's the thing. Yeah, when this preacher was on the stand, instead of being calm, as we saw Jesus in front of his accusers. Um, first of all, lies are always going to be louder than truth. Mm. Uh, because it's just easier and louder. And truth is is beautiful and solid, and it doesn't mean it's not loud in terms of its resonance throughout history, but in terms of like social media and everything else around us, right? So the the pastor, I don't know, I don't know, I don't remember anything except this moment where he is saying, you know, evolution is wrong, and he's standing for a, a creationist mm-hmm. viewpoint. Yeah. But he looks so stressed, and he's sweating bullets. He looks like a madman on the stand. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of undone just from that look alone. Any sort of uh, clout that he might've had with the, the audience of the courtroom, it's like, the guy looks nuts up there, you know? And it was one of the things on this, um, this video I recently wa- watched, it brought up the Nixon-JFK oh. debate.
0: Yeah, that's not, you, you need to tell that because I don't think a lot of people know it, but it's a fascinating story.
1: So- it, it, Obviously, Richard Nixon did eventually become president, but in his his first run, he goes up against John F. Kennedy. We know that John F. Kennedy does eventually win that race. But there is this televised debate. And I think Nixon kind of brushed it off as to, I, I got this. It's not going to be an issue. Well, it was because
0: TV wasn't, um, this was the, this first, was the thing first thing where they were really debate. doing that. And so it wasn't. I don't think he realized the medium that TV was. But
1: JFK, somehow his people knew. Yeah. And maybe it's because he ran in Hollywood circles. <clears throat> maybe Marilyn so. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's hearsay. I shouldn't have said that. Or is it? Anyway, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast.
0: Yeah, this is, the, now, hold on. Where's our conspiracy theory music? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh, but they knew because they were there before the cameras were rolling, they were checking to see the temperatures of the lights. They were checking to see, okay, this would be a lighter suit for you to wear. This is the makeup you should wear. He went in there with no makeup, a five o'clock shadow and a wool suit or whatever it was that he was sweating bullets. Mm-hmm. So he looked mm-hmm. like he was lying or he was uncomfortable. He didn't know the answers. And wasn't it wasn't that he was uneducated. It was just like well he was uneducated in front of cameras. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and John F. Kennedy looked like the cool, calm, and collected. He
1: did. And apparently Nixon's own mother called him and asked him if he was sick after that was over. Yeah, wow. Well, the next debate, even though his, it was already hugely damaged, this race, uh, he knew better. And so he looks way better in the next debate with JFK. Mm. But when they, it's interesting, from what I gathered in watching this video, when they Share transcripts of the debate for people who did not see it televised. People gave the win to Nixon.
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't know that part.
1: So we are very, we are very inspired by what we see.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah. I think that's fascinating. Well, and, and I- That's and, why, again, reading it for ourselves.
0: Yeah. And and even the issue that you're talking about is is what can I let go of with like the, the even creation evolution thing? Oh, sure. Cause I certainly have a creationist view, mm-hmm. but then there's a lot of within that old earth creationists, young earth creationists, like, like oh, there's all these things. Mm-hmm. And I I think it really like I've dropped a lot. Cause growing up in, in, you know, Bible belt and church, you feel like you should be able to defend everything. Mm-hmm. Now I still love, apo- well, I, I've grown even to love apologetics and the reasons for why we believe what we believe But in terms of something like that, you know, you see Ken Ham, for example, Mm -hmm. very passionate arguing with Bill Nye about that particular issue, evolution and stuff.
1: I've not seen that televised debate.
0: Well, they go at it. Yeah, they go at it pretty well. Does he look
1: like a madman?
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, they both do. They're they're mad scientists, um, quite literally. Um, No, and, uh, but I I just don't, I don't see the need to be able, uh, not be able to, but, because I love talking about it. I don't see the need to have to defend yeah. that particular point mm. because I could be wrong. It could be a billion years old. Well, that just means to me, because it says in Genesis, and that's kind of what we were talking about how is Genesis written, more poetic, more symbolic. Well, the earth is like a thousand, uh, The a year is like a thousand, uh, sorry, a day is like a, a, thousand, a thousand years, years, to, years to God. Uh, and a, a, a thousand years is like a day. So, God created, you know, what is the timeline of six days? Is it representative? Sure. I mean, so all these things that you go, okay, if I turn out it's wrong, Jesus Jesus still died on that cross and rose again.
1: Yeah, does it offend my faith? Does it keep me? And I think others, though, coming at you, wanting to debate from an atheistic point of view, are going to stand on those types of things and are gonna expect you to, to stick to your literal guns. yeah.
0: Yeah, and there's some way you will, Well, you certainly. say that
1: this the word of God is an inerrant word of God. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And try to, so that's why I think apologetics can be very helpful, and, and even the context of scripture to understand that further, going deeper, will help you stay calm in front of those questions. It won't make you flustered, Yeah. and you'll be able to say peacefully, let me help, first of all, I want to make sure I understand what you're saying by that question. I want to sure. make sure I'm hearing you correctly. And then I'm going to give this my best shot. And what I don't know, let me come back. I want to do a little research and come back. And I think most people would be, I think most people, especially educated people, would respect that. Uh,
0: I don't know is an okay answer. Yeah. Because you don't know everything outside of faith. Like nobody knows everything, and in fact, that's a great story I have. It is actually a friend of mine that he's recently he's since passed away, but he was in college, and there was a guy of uh, 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 that he was he grew up Muslim, and he he was a, a philosophy class, and they were already having these conversations, and he would ask my friend Justin, "Yeah, well, what about this? What about this? Yeah," and Justin often would say, "I don't know, but I'll find out by next week." Yeah, and then he would have an an answer. Uh, and that guy eventually became a Christian. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: th- but I think it's even bigger than, you know, even these controversial topics, but just in general, like, what do, what do I have the pressure mm-hmm. on of myself? And, and we found this on our, our staff fridge today. Today, you are officially released from any responsibility for running the universe. <laughs> That's right. God's going to take care of everything from here on out. So enjoy your day off. Yeah. And it's like, whether it's defending creationism or whether it's me making the mistake that I typically make as a parent.
1: You know, I saw an episode of The Office recently. Um, And I will ask you to, unlike what I did with the quinceañera and the chihuahua dog, please withhold your judgment for just a moment. It's too late. Okay, so you may or may not watch the show. The premise of this particular episode Um, was whether or not Hillary Swank is hot. Mm -hmm. Hot or not. And so half of the office is divided on this. And they literally are on two sides of their office about whether or not she's beautiful Or she's just not. And they all have charts. And they talk about symmetry. But that doesn't necessarily mean she's beautiful. And this and that and the other thing. And they just, it's just ridiculous. And there is one line that Pam, the character Pam, says at the end. You know, we've already have our decisions. Nobody is changing our mind. We came in knowing what we believe. We've not swayed one another with our own, you know, and they just keep, there's no conversation. It's just, you're stupid if you don't think like I do. And it made me think about, it made me think about do certain, um, do certain tactics actually work? So, and, and listen, if you have picketed before, this is not against you. It does make me wonder though, in seeing that silly scenario, by the way, I think Hillary Swank is lovely, but in seeing that,
0: <laughs> I want to go on record.
1: <laughs> but in seeing that silly scenario presented, I think it, it can give us a little bit of a. This is what we look like when we're standing on one side of a line, standing for truth according to our experience and perspective or belief system or whatever, or the other side, and they feel just as strongly from their own perspective and belief system and experience. And nobody is really swaying the other because there seems to be, in, in most of the televised instances, I know that there mm-hmm. are peaceful peaceful people who come and protest. And I I very much admire that. But when the yelling happens and you usually you see that portrayed in a movie where people are going into the courthouse or whatever it is, and they're yelling at the person who might be on trial or whatever, and it just becomes this yelling game. And most of the time when it's portrayed in film or even shown in the news, we see it leading to a violent place.
0: Yeah, are we yeah. really
1: so, so right. when these debates happen, are we really there for the purpose of conversation which I think leads to conversion potentially? Mm-hmm. Or are we there just to try to make our point the main thing and the Holy Spirit isn't even invited in? You know, that right. those are the places where I can get super flustered about stuff. And I have been completely taken Jesus
0: out Right, and, and, and I love how you're saying it because as our favorite saying is, there's a balance to it. And uh, red, yes. red pen, P-E-N, red pen logic with Mr. B, he's an incredible, um, uh, does apologetics and uh-huh. just good arguments for, because he'll, he'll post these TikTok uh, videos from atheists that it's like they drop the mic, their little videos where they drop the mic about proving Christianity wrong or, okay. or just making Christians feel stupid. And he'll just reply to it with good reason. Yeah, you know, And yeah. he's very nice about it. But he says, "Here's uh, for those people that say you can't argue someone into the kingdom, he, um, he says, first of all, uh, I'm, uh, I'm being, uh, a, well, no, that, I guess that's not the point because he goes on with this story from Eric. Mm-hmm. Eric says, I just led my Lyft and Uber driver to Christ. I started off with an argument for God's existence and a briefcase for the resurrection. And as we were discussing the second part, his eyes became red as he started tearing mm-hmm. up. And then we pulled into my driveway and he gave his life to Christ. Amazing. Now, but here, and, and maybe it's just because I, I, I've i seen Mr. B videos and I know what he's saying. No, you cannot argue someone into the kingdom. You cannot yell hard enough, yeah. hit them in the head enough times for them to get to accept it. But having a good reason for what we believe to present it when the opportunity arises it, presenting good reason for why Christ left the trail of evidence that he did mm. is a good way. And then, and I I, I know, Rochelle, you appreciate this because we love Avengers. Mm. <laughs> God is the one that like Dr. Strange opens up the portal mm. and is presenting the the opportunity poking at the person's heart for them to hopefully walk through mm. So certainly God does the work on the heart, and you're right, yelling and protesting in and that out of itself will not work.
1: I I was recently reminded um, while watching Jordan Peterson, who is a brilliant man. Oh, yeah. um, He read, he's read the Bible. He makes a big cause for the Bible in that it's not just truth, it's the only truth. It's the biggest truth. Mm -hmm. And because we are, everything we know fundamentally, foundationally is derived from the Bible, everything, our speech, Mm. uh, the way we communicate with one another, uh, even, you know, socially, I believe, everything. Uh, So you find that even in reading the greats from like Shakespeare to, I mean, I I think he, he picked out several names that I wasn't familiar with and some that I, I immediately like, oh yeah. Like Shakespeare himself like <laughs> derived some of his, oh, that's from Shakespeare. Not it originated in the Bible, some of the sayings. But to his point, he was sharing an observation that he had made in recognizing the cross of Christ. And he said, I now believe what I am reading because he read something in the Old Testament that linked him to the cross of Christ. And it took him to this profound place for his own intellect's sake, sake mm-hmm. where he, it wasn't somebody else telling him or arguing the matter for him. Mm-hmm. He read, and again, we're going back to the importance of reading for ourselves, Sure, about the account in the wilderness where Moses is told by God, and it's kind of, kind of like inexplicable. It's like, why this is this so out there? Would God... Ask Moses to create an image of a snake and put it on a a pole for the Hebrews to look at in order for them to be cured of their snake bites and their disease and he goes, and I highly recommend it. It's an interesting, I, I say that he's being interviewed on the podcast with Joe Rogan. So there's language involved.
0: And there's smoke flying around <laughs> that studio. Yes, there is.
1: So there's, a, yeah, there's he, he Rogan never holds back with that. No, he but, doesn't. But what he shares is such, I've never even thought of it the way that he presents. The snake of the wilderness. Yes, this is the very thing. I want you to look fear in the face. I want you to look at what you're afraid of. And that is what is going to cure you of your disease. He said it makes no sense. It's an image. We've been told in scriptures even before this not to observe an idol. And this is kind of what this looks like. This is just what? Mm -hmm. And then the reference point of where the son of man, we read this later in the New Testament, the son of man will be lifted. It's the only other time that that particular symbol is even brought up. In Scripture, like in the New Testament. Like yeah. it's referenced to later because they, at one point, the, the Hebrew, uh, the chosen people start worshiping it stupidly. Um, but Jesus references it and connects it to himself. He said, just as the serpent was raised in the wilderness, so the son of man will be raised. And he's talking about him be, being on the cross. And the connection Jordan Peterson was making was that they were to look upon the thing that they were afraid of so that God could help them overcome the thing. And Jesus, in that moment on the cross, represented everything that we are scared of, the, the humbling of ourselves. The, I mean, everything that Christ came to portray, we are to be, or, or even the thing, um, the, the incredulity of the, the church in the day, putting him on the cross, a innocent man, did nothing wrong. That's everybody's greatest fear too. I didn't do anything wrong and I'm now going to be crucified in the worst way. The crucifixion itself was mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: fear, something that we would be fearful of, right? And anyway, it, it was just an interesting connection, but it was through reading these accounts on his own that leads him to this place. I I love that I was reminded in this video from Christianity Commons to don't forget to read scripture. And I know it is not the, if, unless you're one of those bookworm type people, we are so far removed from wanting to pick up a book on our own and read anymore because it's either on tape for us to read or yes, I prefer, I've always preferred movies to books. That's just because I am a theatrical person. I wanted to kind of do that with my life. So I get the fact that we are drawn to that, but it does kind of eliminate an opportunity there for God to be able to come into our reading experience and say, Hey, do you ever think about it this way?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: and I love getting other people's thoughts on it, but just like again, with that with that relationship with my husband, it's okay for me to talk to his best friend and find out what is what is Sammy like? But I also want to talk to him myself right because perhaps his best friends thoughts about what he likes are askew. Well, I used to like that. <laughs> sure. Well, I I,
0: right? I I think it all ties together with what we've talked about so far because um, with the apologetics part of that, you ever have a friend that has a friend and uh, you think you don't like him? Mm-hmm. And then you actually get to know him, right? Yeah. I think the purpose for apologetics is to get people, is to there's a lot of presumptions. Yeah. There's a lot of perceptions about Christianity.
1: Not just on the outside of Christianity, but like on the inside even. Well, on
0: the inside too, but I'm, I'm talking more about the outside where mm. it's like, you guys are crazy because you think that blah, blah, blah. And a simple, just eloquent, as as much as we can muster response yeah. might get them to go, oh, I didn't know that. Kind of like, it reminds me of that um, we all know the urban myth version, the urban legend version of the woman that was so crazy and greedy that she sued McDonald's for a million dollars because the coffee was too hot. Can you believe those crazy people? And then you watch the documentary on it. Uh There was an elderly woman that got second to third degree burns from a cup of coffee from McDonald's and all she wanted was the medical bills paid and they wouldn't do it. Attorneys came in and did the research and that particular McDonald's and maybe the company in general had been told your coffee is too hot and you need to turn it down. And they wouldn't. Yeah. Whoa, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Now hopefully what you're doing, if you didn't really know this McDonald's thing, is going, I
1: want to go look into that.
0: And then you read it for yourself.
1: I love that. And it you're making me also think about all those times that you've tried McDonald's coffee. I'm talking about early days. Early days, yeah. Because yeah, I don't know yeah. if you were this, and I'm not meaning to be condescending at all. I just sound old. I, I remember the day where you would just, hey, I'm going to take it. Oh my gosh, if mm. I do that, lava is going to be in my throat.
0: Mm-hmm. It was, mm-hmm. they, so, wa- they wanted to serve it that way, I think because they thought flavor or something.
1: Uh, or they, people complained about it getting cold later or too cold later. It's maybe something know.
0: like that. I don't remember Who what knows it was. why
1: anybody doesn't <laughs> But they didn't turn it down. But you got a different perspective on that. Exactly. So, I yeah, I, I think it's... There was this precious woman I met, and I remember her sharing with me. She said, you know, I really don't like reading. I don't like reading. And I don't know how to get around that one. I think it's great when you use tools to help you explore your relationship. That makes sense. But when you discover something on your own because you read about it and God is leading you through that Mm process— It's incredible because he may actually give you an opportunity to share that insight as a tool for somebody else sure, sure. to grow and then learn for themselves. You know, see what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I'm really not against listening to the Bible, but I do know that um, that in both ways, I've heard it differently or I've read it differently. Sometimes you hear it, and I know I'm not talking about... Um, I'm not talking about necessarily like somebody's thoughts on the Bible. I'm talking about if you're literally listening in your Bible app to the Bible Mm -hmm. being read. Like to me, that is the same thing as reading. However, there are times where it's like, I hear it and you can't really process it. And then you go look at it. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, but, but I've also heard it differently than I've read it before too.
1: So recently my family and I, we've gotten into putting captions on.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And And I
1: Yes. And I, first I was like, oh, this is kind of distracting because I'm not looking at the characters as much. But that actually has been super helpful because there was so much stuff that like, what are they saying? Because we're talking Mm -hmm. dialect change or the music was a little louder there or whatever it might be that distracts you from actually understanding the full sentence. And even though I would still totally be able to follow along, I now have insight there that I didn't have
0: before. No, that's true. That's true. You get a little something, just kind of switching back and forth with that. Um, but uh, but but certainly at the very root of it, making sure we're getting the Bible yeah. instead of somebody's thoughts on the on Bible. On the Bible. Certainly.
1: I guess to the point of the Bible app or the audio Bible being read and somebody else's emphasis being put on different syllables, um, we could get somebody monotone to just read the whole thing. And that would be really easy to listen to Ezekiel, for instance. And
0: well, if listen, (laughs) I know that you do uh, spa music to fall asleep. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So quickly with this, because this is just a simple reminder, I never heard it quite this way, but somebody pointed out there's, uh, and there's been several pastors, big name pastors over the years that don't have... Controversy necessarily mm-hmm. there is within the Christian community, but it's not like a controversy where they're going to get fired. It's just one of those things where they kind of split the line a little bit. Mm. Maybe it's a controversial issue about sexuality. Okay. Maybe it's a controversial issue about um, prosperity gospel. Okay. And it's this kind of like, well, he could have meant that, or he could have meant. This, it's it's almost like introspective lyrics, like mm-hmm. when you listen to a maybe like a John Lennon song and and you kind of just interpret it the way that you hope to. And there's been a pastor recently that's kind of walked into a controversy. And and I was watching this video of, of going back over the years of this pastor has really just towed the line in the gray area mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. So if anybody was to say, "Well, you said it here." No, I didn't. I said I meant this. And hmm. in, and to some degree, that's obviously a great poli- politics I was gonna say practice. It's a great strategy. Right? It's a great strategy. I
1: could see this working in a against a marriage actually be well, like, "Well, I never said that." You see, Maybe.
0: <laughs> I think that's a really good analogy. And the one that I was watching, he said, "Could you imagine if I was driving you?" And you said, uh, oh, you're going to drive? Yeah. Yeah." And driving record came up for some reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I have never gotten a ticket. I have never, ever gotten a ticket. I do have 100 warnings. um, But I have never, ever, ever gotten a ticket. And then you go, well... I still don't really trust you, right? And he pointed out this verse I'd never really paid attention to. And I'm gonna read just three different versions of of the verse. And and let's go ahead and read uh, the same sentence 15 times and put the uh, emphasis on different syllables.
1: Or just just read it monotone every time. Just read it monotone, right?
0: But it says in 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. I put emphasis on the word handles. Mm. Uh, Here's another version. This is, uh, that was NIV. This is NLT. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Uh, This is the King James actually. Study to shew thyself approved unto God. (laughs) But it says this, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There is- I'm and, so glad you brought up the King James Version. That's yeah. the one
1: I always, that's the one that I would always um, quote.
0: It, for anything or this verse?
1: No, this particular, when it talks about studying to show yourself approved. Oh, sure, yeah. So don't just take somebody else's word for it. That's kind of like what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah,
0: yeah. But this is more for, um, certainly for us, but that's think cool. about, if, especially if you're in that phase of joining a church or you're not committed somewhere, or maybe you have had trouble at your church. Mm-hmm. And the pastor won't really give a firm answer mm. on certain big time subjects. Now, like we said, there are some you know, some of it's relative and and some of it is you know necessarily have to, this isn't my hill to die on, on -hmm. certain issues there with, with Christianity, there's, there's essentials and then there's non-essentials. And with non-essentials, that's why there's different denominations. Okay. You sprinkle for baptism. Well, we dunk for baptism. You know, we're still brothers and sisters in Christ, but there are certain things that absolutely not, if you don't believe that Jesus isn't the only way, or if you believe that Jesus isn't the only way, then we are not, blocked arms as brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Christ. And so there's going to be obviously an array of subjects, but it was important to me to see that, that the leadership that I choose in my own life is important. And the person that is leading my church, my small group, certainly if I'm leading my family yeah that is a big deal to stand on it show yourself uh, as, as studied but also rightly dividing the word or or as it says in in you know, one of the other versions who correctly explains the word of truth mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, subjects right now that make us uncomfortable because of culture and abortion yeah. abortion's one of those
1: I heard somebody recently share that Christianity is naturally countercultural yeah yeah. And we do, we do. Obviously, the compassion side of Jesus is what we always want to tap into, but it's the it's the love in truth, joining hands sure. to share. And that when people encountered Jesus, they walked away changed, but he did not.
0: That's good. Yeah, that's really good.
1: That was somebody else's. I can't take credit for that, but I thought that was. Really thanks good. for passing
0: that along. Yeah, and and uh, you know, like like a, like abortion, for example. It's one of those where what we want to do is is love and truth, but what it can go to is I'm just not gonna make a statement on it, or I'm when we do talk about it because it comes up in the news with Supreme Court or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm going to give a very vague, gray mm-hmm. answer so that everybody in the room can agree with me, yeah, instead yeah. of. Sorry, folks. Like, depending on how you feel, and this is this is both sides, right? Because it's love and truth. So you might have some where you're saying you need to shape up and quit acting like that. You need to stop yelling at people and embrace them and love them. But you're also saying life before birth is life, mm-hmm. and and making sure to be that myself, but also choose my leader accordingly where I know they'll lead me into battle properly instead of just trying to placate.
1: Yeah, it was a gentleman who addressed a, a group at Oxford recently and Carter and I watched the video. It was really amazing how he just shared how there are things in this life that will not be fair, but because God is the one who chooses the parameters and not us, he is love, yes, but he is the one who has the conclusive statement on what that looks like, what love looks like. And he's the one who determines what that involves. Even though things may not feel fair in this life, he is a just God and what he has deemed this is right is also good. And we need to trust that his gauging of what is just is right and good. And I know that that makes a lot of us feel uncomfortable. And when we hear other people's stories that evoke emotion and we are sympathetic and it, oh my word, that has not happened to me. So therefore I cannot cast a stone. Well, you're right. We shouldn't be casting stones at people at all because we're all sinners and all have fallen short. But just because a wrong has been committed against a person does not give us the right. To then have another wrong take place, sure, and it we don't get to determine the rules. The creator, just to, like the creator of a board game, a Monopoly is the one who creates the rules. Sure, and even though I really hate the fact that if you get Park Place before anybody else, what's the other one? Boardwalk, Boardwalk. Oh my word! Then you've basically won the whole game, right? Yeah. If you get those two, that's really frustrating. But those are the rules of the game. Yeah. And, and to adhere to the rules of our creator is what he's asked us to do. Otherwise, if we stray, you know, people, people all doing their own rules and the game is not going to make, it's not going to make, it's going to be chaos.
0: Yeah. No. And it's exactly right because we, we want to try to make everybody happy and it just won't work anyway. No. Right. And that's why you have in, obviously there's many parties but two big parties in the american government you, you can't run as as an independent and win because half yeah. of the people are gonna hate you and half the people are not gonna hate you. and and so it's you feel the air getting sucked out of the room in times like this sure i went to a christian media conference recently and there was a, a sin that was um Stated from stage, like guys, this is a sin. Yeah, and you could feel the awkwardness even in this room. Yeah, uh, even yeah. If, of just like Ugh, I don't want to acknowledge that, and I don't want to say that, and, and I think you're being hateful, and you know, and it's just, it's just one of those things that if you believe God is who He is, and that the Bible is how He's revealed Himself, then it just is.
1: I may not like it. Yeah, in that moment. But my identity is not wrapped up in what I like. It's wrapped up in, in what I love. And I love God and he loves me and he defines what that looks like and I can trust it. Um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy stuff we're talking about.
0: Nope. So uh, I will leave you with a joke. Rochelle, would you like to tell it? I would. Okay, go ahead.
1: My joke is, how did the cucumber get pickled? How? He went through a jarring experience.
0: Wow. I did not expect expect you to have one. I didn't expect you to have one. That's it. Thank you. And now the air that was sucked out of the room is back into it.